we have insight from Lamar Jackson and what his contract is and what it was for the Ravens as well as he had his press conference today. And we break it all down here in an instant reaction live episode of Locked on Ravens talking about what Lamar had to say on the contract, the Ravens in the negotiating process. Also, we got the full contract details. We'll break all that down, continuing to talk about how the Ravens can improve their roster, all that and more coming up in an instant reaction episode of Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Ravens Live, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostreicher of Ravens Wire. We're here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you so much for being here live here right on this Thursday evening, making us your first listen each and every day. You're free and available all podcasting platforms, including over in video form on YouTube. And of course, we're here five days a week for you. We're a Daily Ravens podcast, Monday through Friday. We have episodes coming out 6 a.m. Eastern time. Also, these live shows where it's fun for me to engage in the chat so you can put your comments in the chat box. I'll engage there, and they'll also be available after the fact in audio form. If you have a friend or a family member who's a Ravens fan or wants a Ravens perspective, be sure to have them tune in here to our channel. You can subscribe here on YouTube, follow along in audio form. Again, it's the same show, both audio and video. We just reached 4,000 subs on, on YouTube, which is incredible. Thank you so much for that. We're now top 100 in the Apple podcast and football in North America and the U.S., so that's amazing. We're, we're going up here on Locked on Ravens. I appreciate all the support, but I don't usually do press conference live streams like I, I don't usually react to them like this but i think the lamar jackson one is an exception it's a it's a pretty big one arguably one of the most uh most important contract uh extensions in franchise history and guest conference follows that so it was really exciting to hear what lamar had to say really insightful as well both lamar eric Nacosta, and john harbaugh saying some insightful things so i just want to break that all down here today we'll talk a bit about what Lamar had to say about the process, his trade requests, some of the potential requests that were put out there that he said, she said about that whole situation. And honestly, it's desire and my top takeaways from Lamar Jackson's press conference. And then in the second segment, we'll dive more into Lamar's contract, like the actual details. We finally got those full details because since he signed today, those details officially came into the league. And so we'll break down the money, the cap hits, what it means for not only this year and what they can do this offseason, but then also for future years and what those cap hits mean, if the money can be moved around, et cetera. Then finally, we'll be talking a bit more, you know, kind of transitioning from that into with Lamar's cap hit. Now, what can the Ravens do? Like, what are those actual moves that they can make in terms of maybe another secondary member, kind of continuing our conversation from yesterday and the conversation we've had throughout the course of this week. Rocky Asin obviously signed with the Ravens yesterday. So it's been a whirlwind, hasn't it? Like a crazy couple of weeks here. For Baltimore, where obviously Odell signs, Lamar signs his extension, they draft Zay Flowers, they bring in Rocky Asin, and now you have this press conference. So let's dive into what Lamar had to say. Again, very insightful, very insightful stuff from him. And actually was asked about his his trade request and ended up saying that he wasn't going to talk about it, said that he wants to keep it about the future and that he's not worried about what happened in the past. It's a, it's a great day for him is what he said, which was kind of, you know, I honestly half expected it. Like I didn't really, I knew who was going to be asked about it. We kind of talked about it in, in yesterday's show, or I guess today's show, but I guess it was, it was what I expected. I didn't expect him to fully talk about the trade and, and what he requested and whatnot, but he was happy to be 
there. And also a really good quote that I think a lot of people were excited about is what he had to say about Todd Munkin and what he can potentially do with this offense. And, you know, Lamar said that Todd Munkin reached out to him. They've spoken a couple times and he actually heard from his teammates and the, the guys, as he called them, that the offense is looking pretty smooth. And he just got his iPad a couple days ago, obviously, because he wasn't signed. And from what he's seen, he said, is it looks different and he's liking it so far. And to me, you know, I've always said Lamar in a Greg Roman offense, if that was the only thing we were, we were going to see from Lamar, if we were robbed of seeing him in a different offense in this Todd Munkin offense, which I think can just be so different as Lamar kind of talked about, a lot of people would, I think, be feeling some type of way about that. So I, I, I'm very glad that Lamar is back in Baltimore, obviously because he's the guy, like he's the franchise quarterback, but because now we get to see him, I think, spread his wings in this offense with these pass catchers around him, which is honestly what he's deserved at the wide receiver position. We know they've had Mark Andrews. We know they've built their offenses like a pass catching tight end offense. You can still have those guys in there, but I think there, there just has to be more of an emphasis on wide receivers. And they have definitely done that with those. And, you know, I think when he was asked about how much did the change in the offense, some of the acquisitions playing in negotiations, Lamar said, you know, they've been negotiating and, you know, didn't really ever stop it. You know, they were always in contact where, you know, Eric Costa would reach out and then he would come back and comment on something. And then John Harbaugh would reach out and he would come back with something. And, you know, he also said, you know, Odell reached out and was like, man, we need you here. And he was like, look, I want to be there. And that's one of the takeaways I had is the fact that Lamar really did want to be here. Like, I think the trade request in itself was more of a business ploy. And, you know, he's he kind of almost said as such on the lounge. I know Ryan making Garrett Downing, you're going to have that episode out. But from what Ryan said, you know, kind of almost mentioned that, you know, it was, it's a business, you know, that, that's how it is. And honestly, that's what we had talked about a couple of weeks ago, honestly, a couple of months ago when that all did happen. My mind is kind of all over the place with just like what the timeline of everything was, <laughs> but I think it was very good for the Ravens to kind of get that commitment from Lamar and really know that, look, this is where you wanted to be the whole time. And, you know, was very grateful that, you know, John Harbaugh and Eric DaCosta were saying, and they, they never wavered is the way it was put in the fact that they wanted him back in Baltimore and seeing them, you know, hit them wanting him as their quarterback and saying, you know, he wouldn't want to go any other place. And the negotiating style, the, the whole press conference, there was stuff made about, Lamar Jackson, the player versus Lamar Jackson, the agent. And Eric DaCosta kind of mentioned who he thought Lamar is the agent was. But when Lamar was asked about it and kind of like, you know, who is Lamar the agent versus Lamar the player? You know, he was kind of talking about how it's a business. You know, if you're going to represent yourself, you have to have a strong mind, he said. And said it wasn't about feelings and, you know, it wasn't about like, oh, I agree or I disagree. But he said, at the, he said at the end of the day, you have to be a grown man. It's a grown man thing if you're going to handle business there. And then I think a really interesting part of it was Eric DeCasso was asked about the non-exclusive franchise tag and called it a tough decision and almost approached the question and approached his answer. And I think a lot of people felt this way, like it was a risk. It was a risk to put the non-exclusive tag on Lamar. And it's, it's a chance, he said, for free agents when that is the case to go out there and look at, at what their options are, potentially go and sign somewhere else. And that was the risk that they ran with that, where Lamar could have came back to them with an offer sheet and said, hey, you know what, I, I found my next team. And the Ravens would have to, again, decide whether to match that or not. So to me, I think that it was a risk, but it was one that there were a lot of risks taken, I think, by both sides in the situation. And honestly, I think it, pay, it paid off for both sides. Again, we'll kind of talk about this tomorrow, so be sure to stay tuned for tomorrow's show. But I think it was a good deal both for the Ravens 
and for Lamar there. And, you know, businessman, Lamar Jackson described himself as, as a businessman with the agent situation. And, you know, he's someone who's very competitive. We know that it's, it's his style. He's someone who loves the game of football and wants to go out there and compete every single day. But at the same time, you know, when you're negotiating a, a contract like this, and especially a huge one at this, it, it's going to take a lot more than just, you know, I want to win, I want to be competitive. Lamar knew what he had to do. And I think he did it in, in a way that was good for him and good for the Ravens. I think things could have gone a bit smoother by both sides. I, th- I think both sides could have made negotiations a bit smoother. But at the end of the day, shout out to Lamar for, for getting this thing done without an agent. And was actually asked about the whole, I, I don't know if you heard the, the story of Eric DaCosta when he said things were right about there at the finish line. And he's a big Celtics guy, you know, so he was watching the Celtics game and they were playing the Hawks and Trey Young hit a game winner. And Lamar texted him and saved his night by saying, I think we can get something done here. And ended up talking about that and said, actually, when I got the email from Eric DaCosta, I was he was liking the language and going through everything. And so he texted him. He, he wasn't watching the game, he said. But he texted Eric DaCosta and said, I think we can get something done. And Eric DaCosta responded to him, said, you just made my night. My Celtics just lost. Then Lamar got on social media, saw Trey Young hitting the three. And then he was like, all right, that, that's what he was talking about. Then the SpongeBob, the SpongeBob gift, Lamar ended up saying that it was a message to the fans. And that message that he wanted to put out there, obviously you can't always tell what it is in gift form, but he said that it was, we were moving on up and obviously things kind of went off from there and we now have the extension and Lamar said he didn't really learn, didn't really learn anything about himself during the process. He knew what he was capable of and actually gave insight into his injury, which was really interesting. Said that he probably got better only about a month ago. And, you know, again, that, that whole situation, I know he, he was put in kind of a bad spot by the organization, in my opinion, on that whole situation where I think there just wasn't good communication for the media, you know, from coaches to media and just how that was being handled. I think the Grizzlies did it really well with Steven Adams and his PCL injury. And he, he still was not back by the time they got eliminated, but Lamar only got better about a month ago, which is kind of crazy to think now that we are in May. So last month will be April or maybe late March, depending on how much a month ago was, whether it was a month and a half ago or whatnot, but that is a very interesting point. And Again, he said he wanted to keep that stuff in house, wasn't anybody's business, but the Ravens and Lamar's, which I agree. I mean, I do, I, although I just think the way it got out during the season was not necessarily the way that I think it, it, it was meant to go. So that's just what that was personally. Uh, he said he's very excited about Zay Flowers. Um, they were supposed to work out, but they didn't really have time to. And he's going to come here for rookie minicamp, obviously, which fully starts off. They're going to be on the field tomorrow, I believe. So that's going to be super exciting. And, you know, with with the he said, she said stuff, he also talked a bit about the DeAndre Hopkins situation where there were the reports coming out that, oh, you know, he's demanding DeAndre Hopkins and Odell. And he was asked about it. He kind of snorted that. He was like, like, and then said, you know, no, it's the ability where he asked for it. Like, not necessarily asked, but it was like, it was a question. Like, can this happen? Can you guys get Odell and DeAndre Hopkins? Is it a thing you can do? It wasn't a demand. He said, that's not really how you handle business in that whole situation. I agree with him. I never thought that it was a demand. Lamar just doesn't seem like a, I demand you go get these guys or else I'm not playing for you. Like, I really (laughs) didn't really feel that way. And I think the reports were uh, kind of, kind of blown out of proportion. They also said the Jalen Hurts deal didn't really impact the negotiations for him, which I, again, 
they're not going to say everything with this. They're not going to reveal every single thing. I, I'm thinking maybe that was a threshold. I don't think Lamar saw Jalen Hurts' deal and said, yep, all right, that's it. Like, got to take this deal or got to have this language. But I do think maybe it was either a point or a starting point. So I think, you know, J- Lamar is clearly happy for what Jalen Hurts got, but I don't think it was the necessary driving factor, but I, I think it might've been one. I, I do think it might've been one. And then there was a lot of stuff about, you know, he was asked about collusion and, and all that, that really didn't go anywhere, that question. But now it's all this stuff about he's going to represent himself still, you know, just because of this deal doesn't mean he's not going to stop representing himself. And also said it means locker room to be in the Baltimore community, be adored in the Baltimore community. And it had a nice little tidbit about the Ravens fan base that he loves the fan base. And he, you know, he was getting messages and DMS like, you know, they, they, he said that it got him sad because he couldn't respond and say, you know, this is what's going on. Obviously he, he wanted to keep that in house, but I think for now it, it just shows you what you already knew at the time. So there's a lot to kind of break down still with this press conference and with the conversation surrounding it. So coming up in the second segment, we'll continue talking about what Lamar had to say. Also get into the details of his contract as those did come out today. Some very interesting things in there for what Lamar is going to be paid over the course of these next five years. So be sure to stay tuned a ton to dive into on Lockdown Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by Built. And you're looking for a delicious snack with don't want all the sugar and calories and need the best tasting protein bar ever in Built. And if you're like me, you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise the taste, I've got just a thing for you with Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy. They taste amazing. And what makes them so good is for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. And they have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Now, I didn't even need a way to get a box for you. I've been talking about ordering Built Bars at Built.com, but now I can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. While you can still get your specialty flavors at Built.com, that's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section. Grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream bar, double chocolate bar, or coconut puff. And if you're close to a Sam's Club, run and grab a 13-bar box of dip flavors such as brownie batter puff and churro puff. You can thank me later. We're back. Our second segment of Locked On Ravens Live Edition Thursday evening after Lamar's press conference. Kevin Ostriker still here with you. Thank you so much for being here with us this evening. And be sure to subscribe to the channel. We are a five-day-a-week Ravens podcast. So Monday through Friday, we put out that content. The everydayers know that. But for those who are tuning in for the first time, maybe the first time in a while, welcome back or welcome into the channel here. It's the same show, both audio and video there as well. But let's let's keep talking about Lamar for a little bit. Obviously, that's, that's the point of this whole thing. We'll, can, we'll just wrap up what his press conference, what he had to say during the rest of this conversation. And honestly, Eric Nacosta, first of all, obviously had the interview with Peter King come out, took responsibility, said that he probably could have done a better job putting weapons around Lamar, having some more receivers around Lamar. And when asked about how he would evaluate the last four or five years of building around Lamar, ended up saying that, you know, about, he gave himself a B, a lot of good things, but, you know, haven't achieved what, They said they would, you know, what Lamar said he would. Lamar kind of talked about that where, you know, all these other teams like didn't really care about him. Right. You know, he wanted to be in Baltimore. He said he was, he wanted to do something in Baltimore. He still wants to do that, which I thought was, was really big. And that was my big takeaway. Like if I had to put one big takeaway on this press conference, to me, it was the fact that Lamar truly does want to be here. You know, obviously you can say stuff to the media and, you know, it's just, it's just player speak. It's coach speak. It's GM speak. I truly, based off of his actions and based off of what he has said over the course of his five plus years in Baltimore, he truly does want to be a member of this organization. And you can tell it, you you can honestly tell it with, but it's not just the words, it's it's the actions that he has and and the love he has for this fan base as well. So that Super Bowl means a lot to him. I think it means a lot for him to win that 
in Baltimore. And I think that really did have an impact on just, you know, why he didn't want to leave and what he said. So for me, I think this press conference was very insightful, you know, said he hasn't treated himself to anything yet. He got his mom something as, you know, his manager, but oh, it's Mother's Day coming up. So, you know, it was also asked about Mother's Day gifts and they had a, a nice little back and forth about that. He was very hype about Odell coming in. He's a Super Bowl winning receiver, he said, and said he was going to be the Super Bowl MVP, or at least he felt like he was going to be before his injury there. And you know, the last thing, the last question that was asked was uh, Kyle Barber, a friend of the show, asked about, you know, where John Harbaugh was during the uh, during like when it was being made, when the deal was being made. And Harbaugh said it's an embarrassing question. He was in the facility about four five forty five, and he was in the in his closet getting dressed. And he kind of hears John, are you there? And it was Eric DaCosta. <laughs> Like he said, Eric, it's kind of early, man. Give me a second. And uh, yeah, he said that he thought something was going to happen. And that, that was really cool. But yeah, again, I, I like what Lamar had to say. Big takeaways. He wants to be in Baltimore. I think it's just a, it's a big relief to have this weight off of his shoulders. I think it's a big relief for Acosta and John Harbaugh, obviously. And again, a huge press conference. So again, glad I'm breaking it down here. But in the chat, we have a lot of people chiming in already here. John McDonald saying Ravens Nation. Lisa said, giving a wave here. Brandon DeShields saying... I always said LJ was waiting for franchise quarterback market to set and he will sign and did happy EDC and LJ didn't wait for Burrow Herbert and the rest to sign happy day. Let's get to Vegas, baby. Yeah. I mean, I agree, Brandon. I think that maybe Lamar was waiting for one of these guys to sign to see kind of like the, Oh, is, is the Watson deal really this outlier? Or is there just, is there maybe a glimmer of hope? And again, he, he wasn't necessarily fully asked about the fully guaranteed stuff. Like I think there were bits and pieces, but I know that the the earlier rumors and reports were, yeah, he must have fully guaranteed deal. Then that kind of shifted over to the, oh, well, he just wants more than Deshaun Watson money. So I don't know. I think at the end of the day, he was maybe waiting for a Hertz or something like that. But I don't, I don't think we're ever going to really know the answer to that. Like a full, like Lamar's going to give us that answer. Lisa's saying Brandon makes a good point there. Alyssa's saying Lamar's giving NFL agents a run for their money. A lot of people had questions about the process and whether you could get it done or not. How, again, I do think that it would have been smoother with an agent, but I don't think he necessarily needed it to get the job done. I just think, you know, maybe some things here and there get cleaned up, but I gave all the credit in the world to Lamar for what he was able to do there. So I, I think that at the end of the day, Lamar got what he wanted. The Ravens got what they wanted, and now they have a partnership with a the deal. They can finally move forward with that. And then Brandon also saying, I labeled the offseason as popcorn entertainment. Media didn't matter to me until Hurt signed that popcorn entertainment ended and business got done. Proud to know LJ had no plans to leave it. Yeah. I, I, I think, or to leave, love it. That's what Brandon said. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, I think it's great. So to me, this was a deal for Baltimore. Now you, we, let's actually transition to the actual specs of this contract. Again, we, we knew the actual, we knew the actual money in terms of full 260, 185 and practical guarantees, but this now it's a uh, 112.5 fully guaranteed at signing, which I think is a big number there. So you got the $112 million hit dead cap if you were to cut him right after he signed the deal. So uh, don't, don't recommend doing that if for the Ravens. So hopefully they don't. They won't. I'm just kidding. But how it breaks down is the Ravens actually saved $10 million or right around, I think the I think the exact number is $10.4 million on the 2023 cap. So they definitely need it out of the joke was, you know, Eric DeCosta said, you know, Lamar kind of joked that he was EDC, every dollar counts. And <laughs> He is because the Ravens, they needed that 10 million Lamar freed up. So very solid there. $22 million cap hit in 2023, $33 million cap hit in 2024. 
43.5 million dollar cap hit in 2025, 74.5 million dollar cap hit in both 2026 and 2027. Then I believe two void years here in 2028 and 2029, where the Ravens have eight million dollars and then 4.5 million dollars for, for the two seasons respectively. So to me. Yeah, I think it's a fine deal. I think it's a fine deal both for Lamar and the Ravens. Now, those $74.5 million cap hits, I don't like money can be moved around. That's something you don't really have to worry about until later in the process. Like, I don't think that there's a ton to look at that. Like, there's not a ton to figure out with that right now. I think it's more you're you're looking at that for then. But I, I do want to kind of dive into the actual specs of the deal as I pull it up here, because there's a lot in terms of what he means, like highest paid and everything, the $80 million in cash in 2023, which is the most ever for a player, that 72.5 million of that comes with a signing bonus or comes via signing bonus. He's making $156 million over the first three years of this deal, which is the most ever also in this deal, which is very important, a no trade clause and a no tag clause. So he's a free agent in 2028, no restrictions whatsoever there. So he can hit the market again. And that to me is very valuable. So I think at the end of the day, it's a fine deal for both the Ravens and Lamar. Just the fact that it's over, the fact that it's completely over is a really good thing. But now that Lamar is able to get his money, the Ravens saved 10 million on this cap, which is huge for them to be able to maybe go out there, touch around the margins as Eric DeCasa talked about. The team is not done being built yet. Still a couple months to go before the year starts. And, and I 100% see it. So, you know, when talking about, you know, how the signing bonus is split up, it's $14.5 million per over the next five seasons. His base salary is $7.5 million for this season, 14.25 in 2024, 20.25 in 2025, 51.25 in both 2026 and 2027. So we finally got those numbers. We finally got the numbers for Lamar. I'm very impressed with those numbers. And yeah, I think it's a very good deal for both sides. But coming up in our final segment, we'll continue talking about the Ravens and what they can now do with this Lamar extension on the back burner. It's officially complete how they can continue rounding out their roster here. So be sure to stay tuned. Still a ton to dive into on the show. We are back rounding out locked on Ravens. Kevin Allstriker still here with you. And we're now going to be diving into the Ravens and what they can do team building wise moving forward as the more deal again, saves them 10 million on the cap. We still have the chat going here. Bailey Cordell saying question for the third segment. What's the, situa- what's the situation with Kyle Fuller? Is he still on the team? Could we bring him back for cornerback depth? Kyle Fuller's not on the team. He's not on the team anymore. Uh, he, had, he signed a one-year deal in the offseason, so that is officially <laughs> – that, that's done. He got injured, unfortunately, that first week, and that, that's what it was. So, unfortunately, there's nothing for Kyle Fuller left, at least unless they re-sign him. You know, I think now for what Baltimore has, there, there's enough to say that you can maybe bring him back, but I would prefer maybe a guy like a Marcus Peters instead. That's just what I would prefer. Maybe Adrian Amos is another player you can put in that conversation too. But that's where the team building questions start. And Don C checking in. What's up, everyone? A good day to be a Ravens fan. Absolutely. Coaster Ghoster in here saying, W Lamar, and what do you think of Antonio Brown? I'm good on that. <laughs> I'm good on Antonio Brown. I mean, we, we know the talent as an NFL player. I think his playing days are long over, though. He's, he's apparently in trouble now for not paying. He owns a arena football league team, I think. And he's in trouble for not paying the players and the coaches and like locking guys out of their hotel, like a a whole nother scandal with Antonio Brown. I'm not touching Antonio Brown. 
I would, I would much rather have secondary depth. I think they're honestly set. Even, you know, the wide receiver question, I think they're honestly fine there right now. I'd rather have secondary depth. I would also probably rather have the ability to go out there, maybe sign a pass rusher, you know, Justin Houston, Jason Pierre, Paul, and maybe I know there are people in here. I mean, Baltimore get up saying, I think, it would, I think we need to get a veteran for the line. Houston would be nice. I like Justin Houston a lot. I think that would be really quality. Pierre Paul, someone I mentioned, a veteran on the defensive line after Clay's Campbell leaves. And, and what's up, Baltimore get up? I see you in there. I appreciate you checking in. But um, yeah, I, I think what you need right now is just secondary still. Rocky Asin is a very solid signing. I think that's a good starting point. But I think now what you have to look at is at the end of the day, if Rocky Asin goes down, you're kind of back to where you started. If Marlon Humphrey goes down, you're in a world of pain because I will. I think if Humphrey goes down either way, even if you add more veteran help, if, it, if it's not a Jair Alexander type player, then I think, you know, if it's Jair Alexander, you're, you're cooking, you're, you're loving that. But if it's Marcus Peters and Rocky Asin, I'd feel comfortable more in that duo than I would Rocky Asin and Brandon Stevens or Rocky Asin and Kyle Blue Kelly, et cetera. So that to me is where I would kind of draw a line and say, oh, you know, Rocky Asin is good, but I think Marcus Peters and, and the stuff we kind of talked about on today's show is the fact that you're, I think you're able to take the risk on Marcus Peters now that Rocky Asin is brought in because there are, I always say there are two ways it can go with him, two ways it can go with Marcus Peters where the injury, you know, he just needed a year to get back from it. He's going to be great. Or, or I think that, you might just look at the situation and say, mm, it's the injury happened. He's getting up there in age. His career is just, his playing days are over. But I do think you can take that risk with him. And even if you play him, again, you're not going to come in there and say, all right, Marcus Peters, you're playing 90% of snaps. You're, you're a guy who's going to play every single down. You don't have to do that. So to me, I think it's very important for the Ravens to bring in at least one more secondary player. Adrian Amos, again, a Baltimore guy, obviously someone that has versatility, former Chicago Bear, former Green Bay Packer. This Lamar extension or Lamar contract situation does give you, I think, the flexibility to add one or two more really solid players. And, and Bailey, with a with a point in chat, saying, I saw Peters deleted all of his Raven stuff off Insta. And, yeah, I, I, I saw that, too. I don't know. <laughs> we, we all have these, like, the Instagram stuff. It could be a very key sign or it could mean nothing. I don't know what to take it as. I mean, for me, I – if Marcus Peters is done playing, he's done playing. If he wants to go somewhere else, he wants to go somewhere else. But I think there's still maybe a shot. Again, Patrick Queen, I think, scrubbed his entire Insta clean. And there's there's like literally nothing, no profile picture, no post, no nothing. And I don't know how long it's been like that. I don't know how long Marcus Peters and his his Instagram has been like that. Speaking of Instagram, I'm now on, I'm on Instagram at ChaosRecord34. Shameless little plug there. But uh, Bailey also saying, how about them O's? They're a crazy team, aren't they? <laughs> they are unbelievable. They're incredible this year. They play some wild games. I'll tell you that. What was it, 14 to 10 today over Kansas City? <laughs> that, was, that is crazy, crazy, crazy. But um, I think what ends up happening is um, the Ravens now are in a very good spot, especially with the Lamar situation being over. You only need to add a couple more pieces in what – I think could be a very good Super Bowl winning roster. I think this is the best roster they've had in a, in a couple of years, probably one of the better ones they've had in the past decade, because not only the star power they have, but the depth, the Lamar contract gives you flexibility. Obviously with a contract like that, it's going to go up and you're not going to have flexibility in, in later years. Now I think the cap is maneuverable, right? Like I know the, the whole saying is the cap is cap and everything, but I still do believe that the Ravens can make it work. They can move the money around. And again, kind of like I said with Lamar, and I, I made this point, if you're an everyday, you might've heard it before, but I've made this point where 
the Ravens have these big contracts with the big cap hits where they kind of cycle guys in and out of having the big cap hits, but they can have many different players under big contracts. For example, Marlon Humphrey, Ronnie Stanley, Mark Andrews are the outside of Lamar, the Ravens three biggest cap hits. Those contracts didn't start off as that for the most part. And you have got like a Roquan Smith, for example, I think his cap hit is $9 million. Marcus Williams, I think his cap hit is seven or eight or something like that. So I still think that they have the ability to maneuver around. And as you know, the Ronnie Stanley contract, the, the Marlon Humphrey contract, the Mark Andrews contract, goes you can now slot in Lamar Roquan and Marcus Williams as those three big ones and that doesn't mean you can't re-sign those guys but at the same time I think that what the Ravens can do is build their team this year it's almost like they're it's all it's almost an all-in approach but it's not all in and, and what I mean by that is it's not like the it's not like the Rams where the Rams had all of these guys they traded for everybody they traded their picks and they knew they were going for it that year. And if that year was not it, then that was done. And, and they it was a huge failure. Now they won the Super Bowl. And so it wasn't. They, they did what they set out to do. But for the Ravens, it seems like with these one-year deals with the void years, they are kind of pushing chips in a little bit this year. But if it doesn't go according to plan, they still have the future. It's not like this is their only year. It's not like this year is their only window. They still have the opportunity to go out there and compete, compete for a Super Bowl. But if it doesn't work, you can reset and just kind of reshape the edges around Lamar. You can reshape the offense if you need to. You can reshape the defense, reshape the coaching staff, whatever you need. So I don't know. I don't know what it means for them from a holistic perspective, but what it means from here, and Bumblebee kind of put it here, he says, I'm so happy that Lamar's contract is now solidified. And I, I feel like Bumblebee, you speak for everybody. <laughs> you speak for everybody when you say that. It's, it was a very long process here for me on Locked On Ravens. It kind of scrapped my whole content plan. Like I had a very like, oh, we're going to talk about corners and, and wide receiver targets and free agency and running backs and, you know, offensive line. And then it was all, oh, something happened with Lamar. And obviously you talk about it. It's a huge polarizing aspect, but I still think that, I don't know. There's a lot of building still left to do for Baltimore. And I'm really excited to see how it all plays out for him because I think it could mean a ton for this team's future. If they can have a really good year for me, look, they've done a lot this year. I want to see the roster fully shaped, but I guess a preview for a treat for everybody listening here today is I'll say this year is absolutely AFC championship or bust, right? They've, they've made the necessary changes. They've done a lot here. We've seen this team make the wild card round, make the divisional round. They have not made an AFC championship game since they won the Super Bowl back in 2012, 2013. So I think that that has to change. They have to get back to some semblance of that. I'm a big proponent of growth and not being stagnant. You know, the Ravens with the wild card bursts and the wild card exits and with the divisional round, divisional round exits. There, there's enough of that, right? I think now you really have to, you're, you're putting the chips in, you have the offense in place. The defense showed the consistency last year. This to me, I think is, is the year for them to hopefully, again, I'm not saying it's Super Bowl or bust. This isn't their only year being competitive, I don't think. But I do think AFC Championship is, is what they need to do this season, at least. And finally, Coaster Ghost are saying, if you could add any player to Baltimore, who would it be? I say Jair Alexander. I think him and Marlon Humphrey would be an incredible duo. Those two, I mean, Aaron Donald, obviously someone who you'd love to have on the defensive line. I think that corner is more of a pressing need to me 
then defensive line. I mean, look, I'd love Aaron Donald. Get, don't get me wrong. But Marlon Humphrey and Jair Alexander, obviously Lamar Jackson, Jair Alexander, both went to Louisville together. So that to me would be a, would be my pick there. But I appreciate everybody tuning in today. Be sure to subscribe to the Locked On Ravens YouTube channel. Also follow us in audio form anywhere you get your podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. We're all on the SiriusXM app now. It's an exciting new partnership we have with them. So very excited about that. We'll be on the SiriusXM app. So be sure to check out Locked On Ravens over there too. We're five days a week again. So we'll do these live shows whenever a, a big thing happens. Obviously, I'm, I'm not a big live streamer after press conference guy, but I think this was a uh, this was good enough. <laughs> this is a big one, so I wanted to do a live stream here. Coming up though tomorrow, we'll be continuing to talk about Lamar's press conference, Lamar's contract, why I think it was a good deal for both sides. So be sure to stay tuned for that, and I'll see you right back here tomorrow on Locked On Ravens.